Happy Friday, theater lovers. This week's guest is Claire Ross. We chat about big changes in education, her theater experience, the importance of finding your own group of weirdos in life, and much more. Claire is charming, chill, and just super easy to talk to. On with the show. Okie dokie. So welcome, Claire Ross, to Sarnia Famous. Delighted to have you here today. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. I am not going to forget this time. We're going to go right into it. This is a little icebreaker. Um, when the show turned one and we had our live episode, uh, Brent gave me this game as uh, a gift for my birthday. I mean, the show's birthday. And so I've been incorporating it as a new little segment on the show. Awesome. Um, basically what's going to happen is I'm going to give you two things and you're going to choose which one you would prefer of the two and why. Uh, they're pretty wacky. <laughs> I'll warn you in advance. So first I need you to pick red or blue. You don't have to tell me which color you prefer, but just choose one of those. Oh, uh, blue. Blue. Okay. Yeah. So would you prefer which one have ears the size of your head or use eye drops made of vinegar oh definitely the ears i think so yeah yeah for multiple reasons one the vinegar sounds terrible in your eyes and two listening is very important so if you had giant ears i feel like you would be a very good listener like yeah exactly (laughs) and i'm like i'm thinking like sometimes these are you know very thought-provoking and (laughs) <laughs> and but like what I'm gonna have to Google what would happen if you put vinegar in your eyes. Like I don't know. Absolutely. I also want to know if there's anyone who would choose the vinegar. This is what like, I'm having, saying. Yeah, having giant ears, I feel like would cause you no pain or discomfort. True. But vinegar in the eyes sounds awful. It does sound awful, and I mean hair helps. You just yes. you don't you just cover up them ears if you're there's feeling a little. There's lots of stylish hats. And yeah. your muffs up there now? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to have to Google that. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious what would happen. And then I'll have that in my search history. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what would happen if I... Yeah. Uh, asking your optometrist next time you're in. <laughs> just, you know, curious. What would happen? Oh, man. Too funny. Thank you, Brent, for which one? Yeah, thanks, Brent. Um, I'll let you in on a little, this, I tell the story, like, I think every episode now, because it's, um, it's where that began. And it was probably the funniest example of the game. Uh, Max Major was the first person I played it with. And his was, would you rather have a hamster the size of a house? Okay. Or never watch TV again? (laughs) Those are two... Very unrelated things. Oh my goodness. I think I would have a hamster. I don't give up TV. I would have to take the hamster. Unanimously, I think everyone who I've asked that has said the hamster. And I am the only one who's like, no, thank you. I don't want a flipping house sized hamster. Well, you're also a cat person, as, which I know about you. So probably... I can understand why you wouldn't want a giant hamster. Yeah, I didn't actually didn't even think of that I was just thinking of like the care and the yeah. food and but you're right he'd probably eat my cats or something like that yeah. so yeah. um no thanks anyway <laughs> so that's 
You know, I'm, I'm a high school teacher, and I actually had a would-you-rather question the other day that my English class had to answer, and it was, would you rather um, fight a horse-sized duck or, <laughs> 50, yeah, or 50 duck-sized horses? So one giant horse-sized duck or 50 horse, no, 50 duck-sized horses. horses. Okay, so which is, holy doodle. Um, I really like ducks. Yeah, that might actually be the time where I would pick the one big. But you you know, you said I had to fight it? Yes. So if you like ducks, you might want to fight the 50 duck-sized horses. Right, but then I kind of like horses, too. Why do we have to be fighting? Like, can't we be friends? I guess, yeah, I just have a class full, it's like 17 boys, <laughs> into fighting would like get them interested in it, so. Fair enough, yeah. fair enough. Uh, what do you teach? Uh, right now, I am technically a drama teacher, so like that's what I went to school for, um, but right now I'm teaching uh, English mostly. Okay. Uh, the school I'm at, actually, I just started there last year, and we currently don't have a drama program, but I am in the process of starting one, hopefully, in the next few years, so. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, it's just one of those things. And I think it happens more, which is like heartbreaking to me, but it's been happening more often that just like if a school loses a drama teacher and they don't have a staff member who's passionate about the program, it tends to kind of fall to the wayside. So um, in the school I'm at, it's like a high needs high school. And uh, that's kind of what happened. We had a drama teacher, but she left like, I think it was like eight years ago and they've had no drama program for the last eight years or so that's me guessing it's like approximately eight years uh but then i'm in there and i'm like we got to do something about this so yeah so i'm in the process right now of starting one drama class as a trial and then if that goes well they might let me expand a little bit so wow that just seems like a staple class to me maybe that's because i was a drama nerd that it feels like such a deficit yeah not to be there I know when we just like it, it's a program that costs money in the yeah. eyes of a lot of people but yeah. I'm going to show them that I can do it with very little money first. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Well, I hope that wow, you just blew my mind. Um yeah. I mean it's it's similar I volunteered at a uh um an elementary school when I was going to school for my library diploma oh, and yeah. they they don't have a librarian. And they had, like, the teachers would take turns bringing their kids to the library. And, like, they'd have, like, one period or one hour or something like that to go and pick out a book. Right. And it, it was, pardon? Oh, I just said, oh, like, right? Like, I'm flabbergasted. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and I, um, it, it broke my heart. It feels like the same thing, like drama. Like, those, those are important skills spaces for kids that right. yeah I, get, I can't believe they didn't have a librarian and still had an operating library like that it was a, a teacher that uh, a similar situation that um she was a teacher teacher and then would spend time oh gosh forgive me i'm, for, I'm forgetting exactly how it worked but had a portion of her time to kind of maintain the library as well, but was right. not a full librarian, which you would think. That's heartbreaking. Cause librarians are like 
Oh, the librarian at my school, she's amazing. The programming she does for our kids and just like even offering a safe space for them to go at like lunch and yeah, the, yeah, the enrichment opportunity she does. I can't believe that. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The safe space. That's the key thing to me and in, in a lot of it is the curriculum, sure, and the skills as well, but also having that devoted other space yes. uh, was certainly a, a, a refuge for me in, in school. Absolutely. Man. And then, unfortunately, too, at my school, they also cut the music program. What? So, yeah. So we, right oh, now, our school, and like our students, they have to get an art credit to graduate high school. So the only option they have is visual art at our school. Oh, my goodness. Which, I mean, our art teacher is amazing. Our, our art program is fantastic. But, uh, but if you hate art or if you're not good at it or if you don't have yeah. the dexterity or like the, like the physical ability even, um, you have no other option. You just like have to do your visual art. So that's why it's like my goal in the next few years to get a drama class started at my school. Oh my yeah. goodness. Uh, can you let me know what yeah. goes down? Like I feel invested in this now. I hope that's not creepy. But no, not <laughs> like, no, absolutely I will. I yeah. would love to, to know um, how that all turns out. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, let's talk about something more fun now. Okay. Because that was kind of sad. Yeah. So I have this amazing spreadsheet uh, that has all of your stuff on it, the Theater Sarnia stuff. And I see that you've dipped your toes in both the cast and the crew sides of things. A little yes. bit of this, a little bit of that. Where does your heart lie? Do you rather, would you rather be on stage or behind the stage? Yeah, I mean, I have to admit, I love the atmosphere in general. Like, mm -hmm. just being on a team, working on a show, that is, like, just where my heart lives. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, but to be honest, my like, I fell in love with being on stage. I did, yeah. And if I could choose, like, if I can get a good role, that's what I want to be doing. Mm -hmm. um, but then, with that being said, I've never met a role in a theater I didn't like. There are some that I'm probably not that great at, but I've never met a role I didn't like. So that's a good thing. I'm lucky in that regard. If there was that, like a dream role for you to be on stage, what do you think that would be? Oh my goodness. Or maybe even top three? Ooh, yeah. I should have thought of this before we did this interview. <laughs> um, that's really hard. I know I'm going to give you an answer and then later be like, ah, no, what about this role? Um, I love a good, like, comedy. Musical comedy is just, I love it. And when I was in high school, I fell in love with uh, Monty Python's Spam a lot um, because I grew up just being, like, a big Monty Python nerd. Um, so when they made it into a musical, I was like, oh, my God, my two worlds are, you know, coming together. Um, so the role of Lady of the Lake in Spamalot, I think would just be a lot of fun. Now, I will say that show does not have a lot of meaty female comedy opportunities. Like Lady of the Lakes, like the one speaking female role in that kind of bigger cast. So that's unfortunate. But just to be a part of that would be awesome. Now, we did do it years ago. Uh, and Liv Gogus played Lady of the Lake and she like absolutely killed it. She was so good. But yeah, that one. And then when I was in high school, actually, I played Lena Lamont in Singing in the Rain, uh, who's like the, she's like the villain kind of thing. Um, and if I got to do that role again, I had so much fun playing her. I would love 
to play her again, I think. Is it because she was the villain that that was where the fun was? Yeah, well, she was like the villain, but she was also funny because I don't know if you, you're familiar with Sound of Music or Singing in the Rain, uh, but uh, it's all about like she's a movie star in the silent film era. And then they come, like, talkies become a thing. And she, it turns out she's got this awful sounding voice. <laughs> so I got to, like, talk with this terrible high-pitched, ter- like, accent that no one could really place. Um, and then I had a song that I got to see- sing, like, completely off-key. And it was just, like, me alone on stage singing. It's, like, you know, nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> I got to make it sound as awful as I wanted. Um, and ham it up. So that was a lot of fun. If I could do that role again. Heck I yes. Yeah. It was that awesome. sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, probably the only song that I could sing is if I was yeah. just like, ah! love yeah. that. Love that. Yeah. And third, but... Pardon? Oh, I just, I can't think of a third role. And again, I'm sure I'll come up with one, but not off the top of my head. If it comes to you, blurt it out. Just in the yeah. middle of the interview, just blah, that's fine with me. I don't mind at all. And we can yeah. always, uh, there's been a few times where folks, you know, a couple hours later or next day, they're like, oh man, can we add this to the interview? And then I'll do like an epilogue. And that's totally fine. We can do that. As oh well. my God. I will definitely be messaging my epilogue about this then. <laughs> that's a lot of fun for me, actually. And I kind of feel like I'm, I'm in on the joke a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. So then, uh, let's take a look here at what. So we've got Legally Blonde, Hunchback yes. of Notre Dame, Rock mm-hmm. of Ages, and Thirty Three Variations. Yes. So how about? Do you want to just walk me through each one? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There was also um, Crazy for You. I don't know if that oh. one's on the list. Too. That one's an older one. I, I am I'm... not the best operator of spreadsheets, so, oh. <laughs> you know, it could be in here. No, that's good. I just mentioned that one because that was also another really fun role. Actually, Henry Canino directed me as in as Lena Lamont in Singing in the Rain, and then she directed Crazy for You, and they were kind of similar female comedic roles, so she cast me um, in Crazy for You. That's why I just mentioned it, because I love that role. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I guess I'll start with that one. Um, Crazy for you, I was just coming out of university and uh, missed performing. So like, I took drama in university, but it's just like a different, you're like in drama classes, you're not really doing a production. So Henry gave me the opportunity to audition for Crazy for You, and it was awesome. It was fun, but it was a different group of people because it was Henry and Tim Hummel and Shirley Schramm, who was like owned a... A dance studio in town and it's a big dance show like there's tons of tap dancers and huge tap numbers and uh it was awesome in that regard i and i can kind of tap like i can kind of dance i'm coordinated enough i can pick up a rhythm uh but like i never took seriously took dance or anything and my character was a professional tap dancer so i had to play uh-huh. a professional tap dancer <laughs> and i had to tap dance <clears throat> with an ensemble of these women who had been tap dancing since they were like four and they were yeah (laughs) so that was a lot of uh i had to put in a lot of time and we would go to these rehearsals and shirley shram had been teaching them all since they were children so she would just kind of walk in say a couple names of tap moves and then turn the music on and they would all do it and i'm just in the background like 
flailing your limbs like what the yeah so i ended i had i had to make friends with well i didn't have to i was had the pleasure of making friends with a lot of these dancers uh, and they were very kind and they would film themselves doing the moves very very slowly and then i had to put in a lot of time on my own going over those so that i could kind of you know not stick out like a very sore thumb <laughs> while we were doing these tap numbers in the show uh, but yeah that was it was an awesome show though it was so much fun and so good yeah. on you for being like well i'm just gonna watch <laughs> these videos and get her done yeah so yeah <laughs> so then the next one would have been 33 variations yeah, well, and I think Spamlot was in there also, actually. Oh my God, so what am I doing wrong with this spreadsheet? Yeah. I'm so sorry, Andrea. No. She gave me this. No. Sorry, I know your name's not Andrea. I'm saying if Andrea's listening, because she gave me this spreadsheet. And uh, the last couple times I've used it, nothing came up. And I oh. realized it was because I was at the bottom of the page. <laughs> and I needed to scroll up. And so now I'm like, is it up there? Anyway, yeah. okay, so so. How about you just tell me whatever you want about the yeah, and well, I won't I won't like look at the spreadsheet. You got lots of experience, <laughs> lots of things to talk about. And go. Yeah, what I was gonna say, you didn't have to talk about each one either, but um yes, Family was also important just because like I said, it was this like amazing show that was very important to me growing up. Um I was obsessed with it and like the director of the original Broadway show is like a hero of mine and it was just really important. So uh, my now husband and I, we moved away to Barrie for a few years, uh, and then I got a job offer to come back to Sarnia, so we came back to Sarnia, and while I was in Barrie, I was so homesick for the theater. I just, like, didn't find a theater community I clicked with up there, um, so I came home, and I knew Dan White was directing Spamalot, so I just kind of wrote him uh, an email and said, like, hey, I know you're in the, like, you just cast the show, I just love it, I miss the theater, can you put me somewhere on your crew? I just want to be a part of it. Um, and then, actually, Henry Canino comes in to this again because he's like, you know what? Henry just said she wasn't sure she can fit this in the schedule. If she's okay with it and you're okay with it, I'll just give you her part in the ensemble. Because uh, Dan knew me from uh, other stuff we'd done together. So I got to walk into this ensemble role, and it was just so good. It was, yeah. And that show was just awesome because it was like my reintroduction into the theater Sarnia family after being away for so long. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, oh yeah, like I, it felt like I hadn't left, you know? It was yeah. just like a nice thing. Um, and then it was really, it also it has a good place in my heart because Shane Davis played um, King Arthur. And that was what started our friendship. And now we were very, very close friends. So Spam lot, like, yeah, special place in my heart. Introduced me to Shane and brought me back to the theater. So that was good. And then I'm trying to think of the next one. I guess 33 Variations was the next one. <laughs> and Shane was actually also in that one. And that one was directed by Henry Canino. Seeing a theme here. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's a mentor of mine and I, a hero. I very much look up to her. She's wonderful. Um, and so she directed it. And she, uh, I honestly went to that audition thinking there's no way in hell I would get the part because I'd never done a serious role. Like, it's a drama, and I've only, I'd only ever done comedy up to that point, and that's just, like, where I'm comfortable. Like, I know I can do that. Um, so I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to... I know Henry gives a lot of good feedback at auditions. So I went to the auditions, and uh, I thought, like, this would just be a good le learning opportunity for me. Mm -hmm. And then 
I still don't know how exactly, but I got the part of Clara, the young daughter. Um, and then it was a festival entry, so we did that. We brought it to Woodstock. Um, we went to one the regionals and went on to provincials uh, with that show. So it was good. That one was, I will say, a big challenge for me, though, mentally. Like, because I just got into my head about, like, I'm not good at drama. I'm not good at drama. And I got so in my head about it. That like looking back on that performance, I wish I could do it over again. And I'm sure that's a lot. A lot of actors feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because I wish, like now, I look back and I'm like, oh, you just you thought about it too much. You were too critical. Mm-hmm. And I like I remember I watched a couple scenes back, like on some videotape, and I just like I feel like I looked so stiff and like I don't know. I just wish I could do it all over again, if that makes sense. Loosen up a little bit. <laughs> totally makes sense. So would you say then that you feel more confident in yourself and what you can do in a drama role? Or do you still feel like you're you're better set in a comedy role? That's a good question. I think, I think now, I think I could do a drama role justice now. Um, <laughs> I do. I think I just have a new perspective on mm-hmm. acting and I don't I got so in my head about what other people were going to think about me doing this serious role mm-hmm. that it, it held me back yeah. a lot yeah um, and I think too this is something I've been thinking about recently because with COVID um, and then I actually had a I had a son or a, yeah I had a son during COVID so I haven't been able to return to the theater yet um, even now that things are opening up. So I've taken this huge break from the theater and I've had a lot of just like life shifts, right? Like I've become yeah. a parent. Yeah. I have a different career. I just, you know, I'm feeling differently. And COVID is like a huge perspective shift for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. That I feel like now I'll go back and be like, you know what? Let's just do my best. And that's probably where the best performances come from, right? When you like relax. Yeah trust your instinct exactly and into the moment yeah so i would like to i'm looking forward to an opportunity to tackle like a meaty role like that again yeah now that i have this kind of new fresh take on it yeah if that yeah makes sense (laughs) for sure absolutely it makes sense so do you think you'll go maybe for one of the one acts or are you waiting for like a full length show to come along yeah, I mean, right now it's tough just because we do, like, I have a two-year-old now. Yeah. And just with my husband's work schedule, it's so hard to commit to, uh, like, a full show. Like, it, I, I, there's no way I could swing a musical right now with their mm-hmm. schedule. Mm-hmm. But maybe one act, yeah. I haven't, uh, usually we travel a lot in the summer, so I haven't been able to do a one act before. But that might be a good way to just kind of dip my feet in a little bit again. One or two toes. Exactly, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think the, the one acts are fa- fantastic and, and so beloved by people yeah. that it's a, it's a good little opportunity. So no travel planned yet for the summer. So no, maybe. we actually, yeah, we did a lot of traveling last summer and we kind of said no traveling this summer. So that's a good, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I'll keep an eye open for those auditions. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you don't have to keep going through your your stuff if you don't want to. Uh, oh, you can talk hmm. about really anything at all. Uh, it's yeah. just well, was, go ahead. No, you go. I was just gonna say I was feeling lazy. 
And I was like, you tell me all the things. Yeah. I'll sit here and smile at you. Um, but yeah. If well, you like I said, I'm a sharer. So once you get me talking, especially at theater, so once you get me talking about theater or myself, to be honest, I like talking about myself. <laughs> I won't hold back. I'm, you know, I will be honest. I love that. Um, I, I'll, I'll talk to you for hours, so cut me off when we hit the hour mark. I think you and I are a good match because I hate talking about myself, but I yeah. love listening to people talk about themselves. That's why this is a good setup for me because I love it. So this is this is good. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. Oh, yeah. Hmm? Oh, just, well, the other thing, too, like, uh, looking just beyond Peter Sarnia, I do have to also give a shout-out. Like, I have talked about Henry Canino. I also have to give a shout-out to Carrie Beauchamp, because that's where, really, I got my start. I started with Hidden Talents mm. and her theater company um, as a kid. So, like, I started with her summer program, um, which was, for me, was just life-changing when I was, like, eight. Um, I found my, you know, group of weirdos. Like, I up to that point, I was the weird kid, you know, that, like, I was eight years old and, like, trying to get my kids to watch Monty Python's Flying Circus and, like, Steve Martin's stand-up. You know, that kind of stuff. And then I went to Hidden Talents and I was like, oh, these people like that I'm weird and, like, do the robots or want to do, you know, like, like it's, you know? So, and, like, Carrie, like, like I was an eight-year-old girl and I remember the, the show we did, it was a musical and we were all, like, Halloween characters in it. She'd written this musical and there was a character and it was Igor. So it was, like, you know, I can't remember, Dr the doctor from Frankenstein's, like, sidekick, right? And he's, like, walks with a limp and has a hump and he, like, talks weird. And um, that was the role I auditioned for. So I'm, like, this little eight-year-old girl. And I, and I went in and I did, like, a limp and I gave a weird voice. And she cast me as that. And I was, like, oh, my God, I get to, like, be this disgusting character on stage and people are going to watch me and clap? Like, it was just awesome. So... Her program, I like grew up doing that every summer, and then I worked for her for years, um, and I did musicals like Beauty and the Beast and Nightingale and stuff uh, with her program as well. So um, that's kind of where I got started, and then I, when I got older, I realized uh, Theater Sarnia was just kind of doing some more shows that had piqued my interest a little bit more than what Carrie was doing, mm-hmm. and she acknowledged that. She's like, oh yeah, their, their stuff is more your taste, like go explore theater Sarnia too and was super supportive that way so got my start in talents and she kind of nurtured that and then kind of found you know my other people too in theater Sarnia world so and it's nice because they cross over a lot in town so perhaps it's a little too soon uh being that your little one is only two but do you think that you'll encourage them to get involved in theater stuff oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah my husband and I always joke like He's going to be a professional actor and a professional pitcher in Major League Baseball. <laughs> He'll, like, pitch in the summer, act in the winter. and oh, then yeah. That's a solid <laughs> setup. That's yeah. such a plan I had. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just, he'll do whatever he wants. Of course. Him, but, yes. But, I mean, Carrie's programs start when they're four. So, when he's four, maybe I'll just get him to try it once. And just see give it like, a go. See if yeah. you can find your weirdos. Exactly. Or, uh... <laughs> That's awesome. So then Hubs is more of a sports person than a, than a theater person? Oh, yeah. I always, um, 
I always joke because our first date, like, well, it wasn't even a date. We were just like getting to know each other. And at the time I was still in school and I was a drama major. And so I was just like, just making conversation with him. He's going to probably not like I'm telling the story, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) We were, uh, we were just making conversation. I was like, oh, so have you ever done any shows? And he kind of laughed and he was like, absolutely not. There's no way. (laughs) And I was like, yes, you have to have done something like in school they always force you to like you know do a musical or a christmas show or whatever Uh, he's like oh yeah i guess you know when i was in grade eight we did a show called um jonas and his coat and i laughed so hard and i said do you mean joseph and his amazing technicolor dream coat (laughs) and he's like oh yeah i guess that one (laughs) not joe not jonas i guess it's joseph um so yeah he called it jonas and his coat first and then i was like Okay, and I was like, well, what part did you play? Like, were you one of the brothers, or like, were you one of the children's choir, whatever? He's like, no, I I dressed all in black and I stood off stage and I mouthed the words to the songs. So he he always jokes that um, he's more equipped to set up and take down the chairs in the audience than perform on stage. But we need someone to do that too. So absolutely, for a second, yeah. I swear you were gonna say that he said he was Jonas, and I was oh. <laughs> like, that's where I thought that story was going, which, um, but yeah, you're right, we all need, uh, or there's all the roles for everybody to fill, right, and Absolutely. it all works together like a puzzle, and without the people dressing in black and stacking the chairs, yeah. it just doesn't, doesn't go. It doesn't happen. Absolutely, and yeah, I just joke because he's just so, he hates being the center of attention, and I am so the opposite, for the most part, anyways. But yeah, but yeah, he's, and he's actually found some, like, you know, he's got some friends in the theater now too, and he's helped build a couple sets. And so he's kind of found where he can contribute as well and is super supportive of it, which is awesome. That's great. Uh, but maybe uh, we won't get him into a, a leading role on the stage anytime soon. No, definitely not. I was joking when we did Legally Blonde the Musical, there was a role, actually Shane Davis played it and it's, um, it's like he's a UPS delivery guy, and he just kind of comes on. You know? <laughs> you remember? Yeah, okay. Yeah, and Shane was so good. But, like, a lot of that part was strutting, right? Yeah. And you just kind of strut on. You don't say very much, and you kind of exit. And, again, Shane killed it. It was so funny. But my joke when we were, like, talking about doing that show, I was like, oh, well, Tim, like, literally all you have to do is walk on stage and walk off stage. <laughs> but he, there's no way. <laughs> Too funny. Too funny. It's nice, though, that you guys have also found a way to both be involved in in the theater so that, you know, your passion can extend to something that he's interested in as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And he loves woodworking and all that stuff. And I think looking at because the art of like building a stage is so unique, too. So I think he's like learning about that as well. Like he's a woodworker, you know, kind of like like building furniture and that stuff. But he's like, oh, I like learning about how the different techniques or like strategies you use to build a set versus like building an actual house or building, you know, uh, the set piece is interesting to him too, which is cool. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. It would be a different mindset or a different set of skills. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to randomly jump to something cause I wrote it down and I put a star beside it. And so I'm a, I'm a do that before I forget. So yeah. then at the beginning you said, you went to school to be a drama teacher. Yes. Right. And then you were, you were talking about it again, 
in terms of being in school for drama. So did you, is there like a drama teacher curriculum or did you get like a, a theater degree and then decide to go into, to, to tell me that journey? Yeah, this is actually a great question. So it, technically I actually went to school, like I went away to school because I wanted to work in television. So there's a program at Windsor, it's draw. It's like a double major. So you get a, a drama degree and a communications degree. Um, yeah, but like like I said, I'm a sharer, so I'll go into detail Let's here. Let's do it. I'm here for it. So I went away to school, and I was so passionate about television. And I did well in my comm classes, but I was so lonely. I like just, I had a hard time adjusting to university, to be honest. Um, and while I was there, I saw there was another drama program called Drama in Education and Community. And they were the kids or students who were going to school training to be teachers. Mm. And that's like a super close-knit program. I think they take you like 20 kids a year. Um, and you have all your classes together. And I remember just being in first year and being super lonely and like, I want my pack of weirdos again, yeah. right? Like, um, so then I, I auditioned for this drama and education program to switch over to that in second year. And that's kind of what led me down that road. So then I got in, um, and then so my degree is uh, technically called drama in education and community. Mm. Uh, so it's like a drama degree, uh, it's a BA, um, and you still have to take teacher's college to be like a certified teacher after that, but it, its focus is using like drama techniques and approaches in educational settings or community settings. So like using drama kind of as a tool for learning other things. Yeah. But, yeah, which is very cool. Actually, Bethany Teagues, she was my TA in university actually. And so she graduated from the program as well. And uh, another, there's Chloe Brescia is another Peter Sarnia alum who's in the program currently. So it's a very cool, interesting, kind of unique program. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's great that there's people in the community that you were in that close knit group of weirdos in yeah. school. I love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my brain just started going a lot faster than my mouth could keep up. So, okay. <laughs> now I'm also looking at the time and I, I think I, I forgot to mention this before we got started too. I did mention this is my personal laptop, but yes. we also got about 40 minutes before it could oh, potentially yeah. crash. We're at 34, 35 minutes. And at the end of the show, I usually like to leave a few minutes for the guest to talk about something close to their heart, maybe a charity that they're working on or an Etsy page or uh, really anything at all. This is just like a platform to talk about that. If okay. there isn't something that comes to mind, you can have a soapbox moment or... Uh, you could just talk a little bit more about theater. It's really whatever you want. And it doesn't have to be a theater thing. It can be anything. So I'm okay. thinking rather than sticking with my notes, we should give you that opportunity to sure. talk about that yeah. if you'd like. Yeah. I should. I know you end the shows with this and I should have prepared something. <laughs> um, I guess the, the big thing is support your education workers. That's going to be a soapbox moment. Just we're, we're struggling a little bit right now in education just with all the cuts happening and, and it's just so important. Yeah, it's just so important to, to support them. So I don't know. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it's been a rough couple of years for educators and uh, yeah, and just support us, I guess. Absolutely. Is what I'm gonna say. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, like thinking back to how we began this conversation and how all of these crucial elements of the school experience are getting cut and you guys are scrambling to still, because obviously you're passionate about the kids and giving yes. them all of those things that, you know, we liked when we were kids that helped us develop into who we are, um, mm -hmm. trying to find a way to bring that back for them. So I, I can imagine like that, it's going to be really difficult. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And that's exactly it. You, you're just, you're looking at these kids who you just want to provide them with opportunities for them to grow and find what they're passionate about and find their weirdos yeah. that they connect with. And like, if you don't give them the opportunities, then they, they're going to miss out on all this, just so much, so, so much. So, yeah. So how can people help you guys? How can, how can they support their local teachers? Uh, a big one, I don't want to get too political, but a big one is to vote for people who support education workers. I'd say that one. Um, and I, I guess just show your appreciation for us or support other like educational programs in the community too, like um, Imperial Theatre's youth group or I don't know, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but other safe spaces in our community even too, like our libraries, our like supportive local businesses like the bookkeeper, mm -hmm. places like that. Those, they may not feel like they're connected to education, but they are because they're giving safe spaces for our kids, right? Mm -hmm. And like Rebound, Diversity Ed, those are all really important spaces and organizations that help our youth and help them be more successful in school because they have a space, like it's just, you know, a whole, they all interconnected web of goodness that we need to support. <laughs> A thousand times, yes. I My f head feels like it's just going to fall off because I'm over here, yeah. like, nodding away, like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> so profusely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Um, so th this was so much fun, and I can't believe how quickly it went, and I, I definitely we could talk so much more. Actually, I could listen to you talking oh. so much more. <laughs> it's, it's a delight. Um, I would ask you more questions, but I know... Yeah. No, yeah. I'm cool with yeah. it. That's why you and I, we're going to be besties pretty quick here. Because, yeah, I just yeah. like to listen. I love it. Um, but, yeah, thank you so much for taking the time with me today. I really yeah. appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And thank you for doing this show. Like I told you uh, when we finally got to meet in person, I've been listening. And I think it's just awesome what you're doing. It's just so cool. Thank you, like, you. made this project and you're you're doing it. Like, it's just awesome. And I love listening, too. So, Thank you. Thank you. I'm floored that you listen. And and thank you for reminding me. Usually I try to say if I worked with somebody in the theater before I didn't say yeah. that. We met at Ian's show, Ian's comedy yeah. show, which was flipping awesome. So good. Uh, the bit he did about people whose identities center around their cats. I thought I was going <laughs> to die. I was like, me. He's talking about yeah. me. It was so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Um, thank you. And hopefully I will see you again soon and, and even better work with you on a show. That would be amazing. I hope so too. Okay, yeah. have a good evening. Yes, you too. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, kids, that's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.